0: Welcome back. KFGO time. We are coming up on 707, 10 degrees. Thanks so much for being with us here on Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen on the mighty 790 KFGO. It's Super Bowl week and some news has been made out of Vikings camp with some coach shuffling going on right now. And I've had a lot of comments uh, come my way about nepotism, which is not uncommon in the NFL. (laughs) We'll get to that in just a bit with John Holler, longtime Viking uh, beat writer and a part of USA Today's sports right now. Hello,
1: John. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Well, you're doing better than me. You're number one.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we got the promo in there. We're good to go. Yes. uh, Yeah, we can't thank the listeners enough. So, uh, it's always fun to be able to know that we got the most listeners around here again. So that is a lot of fun. That is for sure. It's always better than you know, what, like Ricky Bobby said, right? If you're not first, you're no. I guess that doesn't really count. How, how do you? <laughs> how do you? We had a conversation a couple weeks ago, and you you've been not only covering the team, but sh- it's safe to say I don't think we're disclosing anything. You are a little bit of a fan too, right?
1: Um, I guess you know I. It's just one of those that beats it out of you after a while. That you, right. you know, I, I mean, to be honest with you, the last time that I think I reacted like a fan was uh, ten years ago in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. No, that and that was ten years ago this week or yep. this last week, and it's like, oh man,
0: that's understandable because that was. I've argued with people. I don't know how you feel because maybe the overall team was better, fifteen to one, whatever. But. For some reason, that game almost hurt me more because I felt like they had a better chance of beating the Colts than the Broncos back in 99, if that makes any sense, in January 99.
1: They had no defensive linemen left. Denver would have carved them up, I thought. Yeah. Because, you know, they had so many. John Randall wouldn't have played. Ed McDaniel wouldn't have played. I mean, it would have been just brutal because there was no bye week in between that year. So they would have, you know, the whole second half of that game, they were running... Like a four-two-five defense or four-one-six, where they're having safeties play linebackers because they didn't have any healthy linebackers left.
0: Yeah, the reason I bring that up is I just felt like that team gave it away with five turnovers. Right? I mean, there was a bad turnover yes. before halftime against Atlanta. Cunningham fumbled it, and they went and scored quickly, which closed the gap a little bit. But you know, for me, it was just one of the. Uh, one of those things where I just say, man, I, that team, I think, could have beat Peyton Manning. They seemed to have everything clicking there after the Dallas game, and they totally gave the game away. But
1: Right, and it, that's what was so depressing about it was the game is tied 14-14 at halftime. The Vikings outgamed them. It was absurd. It was like 286-57 to in the third and fourth quarter that they outgamed New Orleans, and they lose in overtime. Right. After allowing them 57 yards in the second half, I mean, it was, it was sad. Yeah, it was truly sad.
0: That is for sure. Well, enough of that. But I mean, I just, I was kind of wondering about that because we've seen, I, we had a conversation with Joel Heitkamp on News and Views and he was just like really ticked off after the 49ers uh, Packers game. We're talking about adjustments that, that they needed. He was kind of going after Spielman. I said, well, they tried to make some moves and. We're to the point now, though, I think, where Viking fans, if they're not going to win it, everything is just a failure, right? Like, Like the Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. And I don't... I can't say that because it wasn't as if they didn't try to put all the pieces that they could in place. You could argue they didn't get enough linemen, but they did sign Joe Klein. They drafted a center, and they thought moving Elfline to guard would be a, a good fit. They still had faith with Riley Reef. Maybe that wasn't a good thing. But it's not to say that this organization didn't try to put some of the pieces together for Zimmer to make a great meal, if that makes any sense, with the ingredients. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, uh, no doubt about it. I, and I, I think where the difference it comes in with me as opposed to most people is they forget the journey the the road trip that got you from week 1 to when they lose i mean they had what i considered to be a good year you know i mean i think coming in most everybody was figuring you know 9 and 7 10 and 6 mm-hmm. and they exceeded expectations there you know even with the losses at the end and beating new orleans You know, anytime Sean Payton loses is a good day. So you had that going, you know, and it's just how different would things have been, you know, do you think the Vikings could have beaten Seattle? You know, Seattle was three feet or less than three feet away from beating San Francisco and forcing San Francisco on the road. We'd be, I think we'd be talking a whole different Super Bowl If San Francisco had to win three games on the road. Yeah, that's true. And the and the Vikings would have played Seattle in the first round. Well, so, and San Francisco
0: you know. would have went to well Green Bay. It went to Green Bay, right? Yeah. So. Yep.
1: Yeah. And you know, I mean, if they a, a California team in January in Lambo, I don't like their chances. You know, because that, that's what was so crazy about this season is, you know, thirteen and three teams everywhere. You know, because that was. When I remember when we were talking during the playoffs, it's like, you know, I think the Vikings have a shot at beating New Orleans. Of the teams that they played, New Orleans was the one that I thought, you know, dome team. Granted, it's loud in there, but you're familiar with those types of conditions. You know, go going to Seattle is always tough. Going to Green Bay is tough in that time of year, and obviously going to San Francisco was tough. But when you looked at, you know, if the Vikings were going to go to the Super Bowl. They were going to have to be the thirteen and three team in the first round. They were probably going to have to be the thirteen and three team in the second round, and they were going to have to be the thirteen and three team in the in the championship game. So you're like, yikes! You know, it's just the the parity that we've seen over the years just wasn't there this year, and it it made for you know where the fourth team, the fourth seed, is really good, you know, or at least has a really good record to go to show for it. So I wasn't uh, crushed by how the Vikings season went because I think they exceeded what most people's expectations were. Because in an ordinary year, the type of season that they had is enough to win your division. It's just this year, not only was it not enough to win your division, you were the sixth seed.
0: (laughs) Well, I tried to explain that to a few people because... I didn't think that they really came out guns a blazing against the Packers on Monday night. I mean, Delvin Cook said he could have played it. Well, if that's the case, if they really felt that they. I just think they felt like we're going to end up 12 and 4 and still end up in the same spot we're in anyway. And they would have been right. If, if you, did yeah. that, did that make any sense? I mean, 12 and 4 and 10 and 6 doesn't matter at this point because even if they had won the last two games, they would have still ended up being where they were. And that was going on the road to New Orleans.
1: Yep. And. They could blame it all on that first loss to Chicago. That's what did them in, was, you know, we don't have to go deep in the tiebreakers for the Vikings and Packers. It's like Green Bay beat everybody in the division. The Vikings lost to Chicago in Chicago, and there was nothing they could do to change that. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, it's, yeah, I, I think San Francisco made it clear that the Vikings are still a distance away from having a team that can put it all together and string three in a row in the playoffs you know because i mean if you look at the history of zim even when his teams have struggled they've had that streak at some point during every season where you know one year they'll win five in a row one year they'll win seven in a row a bad year they win four or five in a row and it happens every year that he somehow gets these guys on a roll for a certain amount of time it's just a matter of how long and. So, you know, I I still think that there's a bright future for these guys because, you know, what they're doing defensively is unprecedented, keeping as many guys as they have kept together for as long as they have kept them together. That just doesn't happen in the NFL. You know, we had talked about it a couple years back even, where it's, okay, well, Daniil Hunter is making a move, we've got Linvall signed long-term, Everson Griffin probably has to go for salary cap reasons. Nope, they resign sign him. Yeah. It's like, okay, we can pay Kendricks, but we probably can't k- pay Barr. Nope, he's still there. And they sign Harrison Smith long-term. They sign Xavier Rhodes to a big contract. They go out and get Cousins. They sign both Thielen and Diggs, which people thought was impossible. So I think what we're going to see now is, the Vikings are going to have one of the most lopsided salary cap spots in the league because 80% of their cap is going to be tied into about eight or nine guys. And you're going to have a lot of rookies, a lot of free agents, a lot of prove it guys. And you can win with that, but you can't have injuries. If you have injuries to key guys and all you have are street free agents and undrafted guys and sixth, seventh rounders, forced into the starting lineup, that's when teams tend to struggle. Because, I mean, if you look at Kansas City and San Francisco, the biggest thing that, you know, Mahomes was gone for two games. And you're, you know, they didn't look great in those two games, but they survived. Mahomes came back. They haven't had what I consider to be serious gutting injuries. You know, both teams, their offensive line has been healthy, for most of or all of the season and the difference between being a good team and a great team is a thin little margin. And when you look at what these two teams have been able to do, I think the first thing you point at is that they've been healthy and healthy teams will win.
0: Well, for sure. There's no question about that. John Holler with us from the USA Today and a longtime Viking beat writer were you surprised George Edwards was let go? I mean, we all know that Zimmer's essentially the defensive coordinator, but uh not and of course he didn't last too long on the uh, unemployment line. He's now with the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, but he he was pretty well respected around the league as far as being the right hand man for a, a pretty good defense over the years.
1: Right. But you know, I think what you started with there is is the is the headline that it's hard to be a respected coordinator when you aren't calling the plays. Mm -hmm. And Zim, that's one, I I wouldn't necessarily call it a failing of Zim, but when you're a head coach, you're running the whole organization. You need to be paying attention to offense. You need to be paying attention to special teams. And he's always delegated that, and we've seen what's happened. You know, this is going to be yet another different offensive coordinator. Again, you know, we go from Norv. To uh, Shermer, to Filippo to Stefanski. Now we got another switch. So, and 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 the good news is we have two defensive coordinators now who aren't going to call plays instead of one. <laughs> so Zim's double dipping on the unemployed guys. You know, it's like, oh yeah, no, have fun. But uh, when the game starts, I'll be calling the plays.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, it's interesting. You know, we talk so much about nepotism. You know, you look at Shanahan, who's obviously as the head coach of the 49ers, got a start because his father was the coach, you know, with the Washington Redskins. I mean, it's yep. there's no shame in it in the NFL. If you look at, like, the Ryan Twins or whatever, it's just that's the yep. way it is. Once you get... The Grudens, the Harbaugh's. Once you get into that uh, exclusive club, it's a pretty good gig.
1: Yeah, and you can bring your friends and family plan. Yes. You. you know, I mean there have been guys who had coaches on the team just because the head coach or the GM wants a best friend. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Right. Where oh, for sure. They'll, they'll bring the same coaches with them because they miss them from when they work together back with a different organization. So, you know, the we don't see too many uh, coaches in the NFL make the jump back into the college ranks. Usually once you're there, you stay there. And they'll use things like the senior bowl and the combine and whatever to show up unemployed on their own dime trying to get onto a staff somewhere. I mean, sometimes it's actually kind of sad when you see it that this coach is basically, you know, will coach for food sort of a thing.
0: Well, and it's amazing because we, we saw firsthand here. So Bob Babich was the head coach of NDSU. And he gave Lovie Smith get a shot up here, right? So he eventually used to go be the linebackers coach for the St. Louis Rams, and then goes with him to the Bears to help coach Brian Urlacher. Which would you know, linebackers coach for the Bears, the Brian Urlacher there. That's a tough gig, and I even teased him about that. It's a good gig if you can get. Yeah. So then, then he went to go work for his former defensive coordinator, becoming you know on his staff with Gus Bradley down in Jacksonville, and now he's with Buffalo. But I mean, he got in the spin cycle. And you don't get yep. out of the spin cycle. It's like nothing I've ever seen. And it's not just football. It happens. I mean, I think Dusty Baker just got hired again.
1: <laughs> I just oh, can't God. get over it <laughs> right. Let's hope his kid doesn't go out to pick up a bat when someone's coming around <laughs> well, third. Yes. But I mean Although I suppose now he could probably handle himself, but
0: Yeah. It's yeah, Dusty Baker's gonna go with the cheating Astros. Yeah.
1: So well. They just need a scapegoat for this year, and then next right. year they oh, you forgot it, but we'll, we'll wait till the. You know, it's still a little fresh right I th- now. I think that, I can uh,
0: manage that team to eighty-nine wins, honestly. But well, well, they don't have well, cold, especially
1: but. if you know what pitches are coming. <laughs> but that's it's, always helpful.
0: It is funny how that uh, works out. Well, all right. Um, let's focus a little bit on the Super Bowl coming up. I, I like this matchup. I, I mean, I'm pulling for the Chiefs. I have cousins down in Kansas City. They'd be happy. It's a you know tradition. You think about what uh, the Hunt family did pretty much starting the league that eventually got us to the merger to make the NFL what it is today, a loyal fan base. I I mean, if it's not going to be my Vikings, this is one organization I'd be happy for.
1: Yeah. I mean, that should be a bucket list for any real NFL fan is to experience a day, not just the game, but the game experience at Arrowhead because it's a giant parking lot and some of the best barbecue I've ever had in my life because you just walk up and, you know, I'm dressed up and they're like, you know, what's your story? And I explained to them that I'm a writer and I'm just, you know, walking around. Well, thing about media, and I think you can attest to this, we are the most, we may not have a lot of skills, but one skill we have is getting free meals.
0: Yes, we do. Look at me. It's a, it's a skill that can't
1: be taught. No, Either you, you're born with it. And it's like, okay, well, I was like four or five years old and keep going over to friend's house for dinner. And the old man's like, oh, he's going to be in the media. I'll, I'll start <laughs> preparing to hang my head in shame now.
0: Yes. Well, I, but I get it. I mean, but honestly, I mean, it's, um, I said to people too, because they're asking me about, we just got talking about stadiums, or whatever. I said, even if you can't make it to the Vikings game for the expensive, go down to that. A whole complex for our twins game this summer which will be which would be much cheaper to see the Royals and twins right I mean because that is right. I mean you can tailgate there too and that is really just a I really wish that the Vikings would have had it out in the suburbs just for that you know so you could have that experience for those 10 games I understand why they're in downtown Minneapolis yeah. but you know what I'm getting at right I mean I thought that right but would... but
1: had it been in this had it been in the burbs it would have been an open-air stadium you think so and oh yeah no that's what Ziggy wanted Ziggy wanted a great stadium, but he wanted it open air because he always felt, you know, he grew up a Giants fan and he always felt that those great Giants teams of yesteryear had a huge advantage being outside, playing against teams like Dallas and the Vikings and, you know, the Rams, either indoor teams or warm weather teams. And there was something to be said for that, you know, but I was extremely uh, happy that Minneapolis stepped up instead. I mean, it's at this granted. I I don't go to games as a fan. So that part is, uh, kind of removed for me, but I, you know, tailgating is great to talk about in the past. People tailgate in September, October. That's fantastic. When you're talking, you know, 10 degrees and the wind is whipping, you got to be a pretty hardy party guy to, uh, uh, up with that, you know, and their people are flipping burgers and then hopping back in their, in their Winnebago's oh, yeah. because they're like, yeah, tailgating is great until I get pneumonia. Well,
0: and they do have the plaza thing too, which I think can serve that same type of purpose, which I do like, you know, back at the, the old street that they used to call Chicago Avenue or Curry Pucket Place or whatever. I I, I do right. I, they do have a lot of that going on, and you're right. I just want to run in usually. That's usually my. I mean, I get it for the spring days or whatever, but you know the fall days. I should say that are pretty nice, but uh, I, I, I wanted an indoor facility, whether it be retractable roof or whatever. Even though I think f- retractable roof for football is silly compared to baseball, but because you want final fours, you want you know, you, you want to right. at least get one Super Bowl. They aren't getting a Super Bowl if it's an open air stadium.
1: So, no, there was no chance, yeah. and you know the Vikings should be in Los Angeles right now. The Rams should still be in St. Louis and the Vikings should be in LA already playing as the, I got to hate to say it, the Los Angeles Vikings, you know I mean? What, what sense does that make? But then again, the Lakers, there there isn't a lake anywhere close to Los Angeles, but the land of 10,000 Lakers. Yay.
0: Yeah, no, well, and it's, you know, speaking of that, how weird is that whole situation with the Chargers, who are going to essentially be what the the White Sox or the Mets to that area? The way that's looking, and then <laughs> right, Phil,
1: the little brother,
0: the Philip <laughs> Rivers. Now it sounds like they're moving out from him, and there's still rumors that Tom Brady wants to go to Tinseltown. I, I it's, it's crazy.
1: I and and I think it's the Chargers who are starting that rumor.
0: Well, it could be because
1: I mean, if if you're moving into a new stadium and you're trying to build your fan base to say, hey. LA, we're your team. The having Tom Brady show up, you know, I mean, what did just having Brett Favre around, what did that do to excitement around the Vikings? Where they're going, We've got the GOAT. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, at that time you could make the argument that Brett Favre was close to being the goat at that time. You know, at the end of his career, mad, having something to prove. I mean, when's the last time Brett Favre had to prove something? You know? when he replaced Don Mikowski and then one game later they're like, The job's yours for as long as you want it, Brett.
0: There you go. And
1: when they shipped him off to the Jets and made the Jets agree as part of the trade that they specifically could not trade them trade him to the Vikings or it'd cost him two number ones. <laughs> they're like, Yikes, okay, we love having Brett, but this is gonna be, you know, mm-hmm. we can't trade him. They could trade him to the Bears. I mean, I always thought the Bears were the Packers' biggest rival. Nah, it's well, think, the Vikings.
0: I think they knew at that time what, uh, what what was sitting there for them. That is for sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it certainly always is interesting when you look at uh, situations like that. Uh, I, I don't know why. I, I still think they should be in San Diego. I still think you know St. Louis got hosed are. in this whole deal. But you know they hosed L.A. too. So I don't know. What, I don't really know what to think about that whole thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, at, at least with with the Chargers the they put it to a vote to build a help finance a new stadium to pay for like half and it was overwhelmingly voted down in st louis they had agreed to build them a new stadium on the right along the mississippi river instead of being in that garbage downtown location that they were at before where their stadium didn't even look like a stadium but the stan crunky you know he's he's In the Walton family, he Mm -hmm. married one of Sam Walton's daughters. Smart guy. So so Yeah. I mean, so, you know, when you're bringing home the smaller check and you're staying crunky and you're a billionaire, that's not cool. (laughs)
0: That's very good. Very good. Well, it should be a fun one. Contrasting styles, uh, the Chiefs and Mahomes taking on the uh, ground-and-pound 49ers. We'll see how it plays out. How do you think that's going to go? Are the 49ers going to be able to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands?
1: I think they're sure going to try. You know, I mean, the fact that you got to the Super Bowl by playing two games against a Vikings team that's known for its defense and against a Packer team that has been much better with the Smith brothers. You know, they finally learned that free agency can help you. And they not only ran on them, they ran on them consistently and they let them know it was coming.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, in two games, Garoppolo's only thrown 27 passes. And it's like, okay, in the first game against the Vikings, Tevin Coleman runs for 100 yards, and it's like, okay, and then he gets hurt, and then, oh, Mostert, he's going to run for 200. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, what they did to Green Bay was sick. But I'm, I just love the contrast in styles because what it reminds me of is when, in 98, when the Vikings played the Cowboys, where it's Vikings get the ball first, boom, touchdown. Dallas. 12 plays, 7 minutes, kicks a field goal. Vikings, 3 plays, boom, touchdown. Dallas, 12 plays, takes it into the second quarter, has to kick a field goal and it's 14 to 6. Vikings, boom, another touchdown and now it's like, okay, we have to abandon the run cuz we're behind 21 to right. 6. You know, and we did just about everything we could except punch it in in the red zone. So, I could, you know, I will never uh doubt kansas city's ability to put up points but if you look back in both of those games they got off to slow starts you know they got behind 24 to houston they should have been out in that game and then drop a 51 burger on them after they fall behind 24 nothing and then they were twice behind by 10 against tennessee i think if san francisco gets a double digit lead on them they win
0: I agree with you. This is going to be fun to see how this all goes because, you know, Kansas City has spotted the other team, what, a couple of touchdowns the past couple of weeks, but then have been able to come back. I don't know if they're going to do that against this defense, but I am, right. I am pulling for them to win because, listen, as long as my team's sitting with zero, no team besides, I guess, the Patriots and Steelers needs to have six Super Bowl championships. I'm just throwing that out there. but uh, I'm with you. I'm still bitter, aren't I? All right, very good. (laughs) John, thanks so much. I appreciate your time. As always, enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you very soon. All
1: right, have a good one,
0: brother. You bet. John, holler with us. We have another John coming up. John Krasinski from The Athletic to talk about the mess that was the Timberwolves game last night here on Couch Potato Radio. CBS
1: News Update. The president's legal team wrapped up their opening arguments today, calling a quick end to the impeachment. White House counsel Pat Cipollone. It will show that you put the Constitution above partisanship. It will show that we can come together on both sides of the aisle and end the era of impeachment for good. The top Senate Democrat.